This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the podcast. We've got fun and games. We've got everything you want. How do you know the names? We are the people that you'll find, whatever you may need. If you've got the money, honey, we've got some disease in the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'll stop that now. <laughs> I'd slash that if I were you. Oh, hang on. My Xbox thought I was saying something to it. It's now brought up um, a download Adele's Someone Like You. <laughs> <laughs> So, topic we'll have a little chat about this week. I'll oh, just to uh, forewarn you: the the show itself is um, is exactly as you'd expect. So, the intro is always a little bit more lighthearted if you're downloading for the first time this week. We just have a general chat about something that's not much to do with football. Sometimes nothing to do with football. What, Palace team. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but um, then you'll hear the show, and then afterwards we'll uh, give you something else a little bit more amusing and say bye. But um, so the topic this week. Uh, it, obviously, things for Palace started well against Swansea, but then just went horribly, horribly wrong. So the question to the panel and to myself is, when has something started well and then gone horribly, horribly wrong for you? So I always lead us in with a fairly low-key <laughs> one, <laughs> which I like to do. But um, I once uh, once had a uh, – it was a really good night out. It started brilliantly. Um, just a bunch of us went down, went to this local pub and spent an absolute fortune, got completely hammered. Just had a really good top night out with, with friends. But towards the end of the night, I started to um, started to realise... Oh, Nick, that's not loud at all, mate, that, that new microphone. I uh, started to realise that, um, you know, it was going to be one of those nights where I was going to properly black out. And um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, that's what happened. I saw, I woke up and where I, where I woke up was in the conservatory. Um, Basically, I'd gone to sleep under a pile of chairs. I had a room and a bed upstairs, but I decided to sleep in the conservatory of the house, um, just under a huge pile of chairs. So, was there piping? Yeah, maybe. But it was absolutely freezing cold. So I got out of there, was really confused, obviously hungover, slashed or drunk, feeling pretty sick. And I walked into the lounge, and uh, I had managed to write in probably two foot high letters on the wall. Uh, in biro so i'd scribbled it quite a lot but must have put a lot of time and effort into it it said the words now we need to redecorate that was a that was a terrific end to a to a wonderful <laughs> <laughs> so you should have typed in laugh now 
Yeah, yeah. Can we edit a can we edit a sort of canned laughter in the end? <laughs> Cheers, Mikey. You know, save me, save me this. There you go. I was starting low key. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. <laughs> in my youth, I, I, I was a futurist. I was well into Gary Newman, and he was doing his Berserker tour, and the, and his look because he used to change his look. He he was uh, all white uh, with blue hair. So I've spent. 60 quid, which is a lot of money in them days, on a white jacket. I've dyed my hair blue, made our way up to the Hammersmith Odeon. And everyone's giving me the look, saying, oh, you look like, you look just like Gary. Till it started pissing down the rain. And the guy ran out of my hair with a white coat. <laughs> oh, excellent. That's when Great. something started well and went to shit. Nice. Like it. Lucy, you got anything for us? No. No, no. <laughs> I could make some comment about my last relationship, but um, I'll yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then. <laughs> then uh, over to you, Mr. Joe Holyoke. No, it, this is, uh, it, it might take just a little bit longer. Than, but anyway, so my mate Gary um, brings me out. He says, Do you want to fancy going to see a Champions League game? He said, One of the boys is going to book it, but I don't know when it is, but it's going to be in like two or three months' time. So it turns out that it's. At the San Siro, and it's um, it turns out to be Milan versus Barcelona in the Champions League. So I think the whole thing, including, and I'm not, I, I kid you not, the flight was one pence return, a Ryanair flight, one pence return. <laughs> the hotel, because we booked it three months in advance, was seven quid for two nights, and it was, and it overlooked the San Siro. It's beautiful, and uh, and the game, I think it was. Just, 13 euros i think for a for a ticket but eight quid at a time so anyway so we, so we all come out wearing all our best gear walk down this road called uh walk out of milan central down this road called montana Bolliano, which is basically like every single uh fashion uh chain in this road and it just ends up in this just a it's a beautiful scene we're all walking down thinking we're Billy Big Balls, and but we actually look like a load of tramps compared to all these handsome Italians. Anyway, so we get to the game, and Gary Ullman owns a, a football club called Cray Wanderers, and he decides that sometime near the second half, because it's nil-nil and the Italians are getting a bit peeved and the, the Spaniards down the bottom are very bored, to get his Cray Wanderers flag out, which is about 10 feet wide, 6, 7 feet high, and it's got a cross of St George on it with Cray Wanderers written right away through the middle. So we get it out, we're all having photos taken, and uh, all of a sudden a few of the Italians turn around and start giving us a little bit of abuse, and because we had a few beers and they're Italian, we're English, we told him where to go, and then it turns out that that this just got four or five Italians turns into about two hundred, and within about three minutes turns into about two thousand people <laughs> actually like are now climbing up the stands and trying to get across the glass to physically attack us and Gary, and we didn't we didn't know what at all and anyway the, some fellow taps on the shoulder and said you better go because you're going to get killed seriously you're going to get hurt in here so we end up running out of the san siro now i don't know if you've ever been to the san siro anyone but basically it's surrounded by these huge towers there's no like walk out and you're onto a road because of the steepness and we were near the top you have to run down these they've got a series of steps really steep steps all like a slope that just goes round in circles that takes you gently down well of course being 
quite a big fella myself and so is Gary and we couldn't do all the steps so we just literally ran as fast as we could round these circles got outside <laughs> the police were all looking at us we literally ran and behind us there were hundreds of Italians <laughs> wanting to kill us now I just thought it wasn't long before that I think it was when the the uh, Leeds fans, the two Leeds fans were killed in Shirin has happened. So it was a, you know, they, these people were going to really, really hurt us. Anyway, so we go run about two miles, believe it or not, I've run two miles. And we go to this little pub and we end up hiding in the back of this pub. And we started talking to these people and they said, why are you out of breath? Why do you come in? Why are you hiding? And we said, I don't know. We have no idea. And Sean Cahill um, has got this flag around his back. And all of a sudden, one of the fellas said, I'm pretty sure that in his broken English, I'm pretty sure that that's what's got you in trouble. And we was like, well, why is that? Now, apparently on this great big flag that Barcelona have, there's a cross of St. George. So what they basically thought that we've turned up in the Milan main stand and opened up big cross of St. George. And firstly, they thought we were then Barcelona fans and didn't like that fact at all. And didn't realize they were English. We were English and it completely went sits up. (laughs) <laughs> and that's that that is a true story yeah? we had to run for our lives it so oh. it was such a great we had such a great trip until literally halfway through well, the, the end of that game that we had to run for our lives and that, that's, that, that's a, something that started off good and ended up really bad that's fantastic any... Joe. and see how i'm supportive of you and i didn't mock you like you did at the end of my <laughs> if i didn't have a funny ending that was the thing i just thought we were is all any... gonna die because when you were when you were running for your life, did anybody literally shout out "Run for your lives"? <laughs> anyway, there you go. There's a little bit of a warm up for you, and now now you get to enjoy uh, what was a very wide ranging uh, topic of topics of discussion type of show. Lots of angst, lots of well, no real support for for the manager. Lots of people calling for his head, and a few suggestions of what should. Uh, what should be done in terms of replacing him. So I hope you enjoy the show. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hamling and tonight I'm your host and guide as we review a sixth successive Palace defeat. This time it was Bob Bradley's abject Swansea side who were given a welcome boost by the Palace defence, winning a great game for the neutrals. 5 Four. Having got out of jail at 3-1 down to lead 4-3 after 84 minutes, the manner of defeat once again dialed up the pressure on Alan Pardew to huge levels. Set pieces once again were a huge factor in the goals conceded and we'll be looking once more at the fallout from this and many other points. As a special treat, later on the phone lines will be open today and you can uh, get the details from myself shortly and I'll let you know when we're ready to receive calls. Uh, but you can also get in touch in the normal ways too. That's go to holradio.net forward slash contact for all the ways to get in touch. And that includes Twitter at holradio and the chat room, holradio.net forward slash chat. We'll be back after this short message. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Now, uh, I will give a warning up front. Uh, this is likely to be a show that overruns <laughs> it's likely to be a show that has a lot of uh frustration being let out by a variety of people so up front we're going to say swear warning 
uh, if you're listening to the podcast, hopefully we'd have got most of them beeped them out, but I've got a feeling that uh, the emotions might spill over. And it's in no way connected to our lineup today. But uh, I'd say welcome <laughs> back, <laughs> Mr. Joe Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Is that aimed at me? Not at all, mate. Not at all. It was just a coincidence. A complete <laughs> coincidence. I think Lucy was potty mouth last week, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we also have Miss Lucy White. Hello. Hello, Harold. <laughs> You were feeling calm this week? No. Um, no. <laughs> uh, we also have Nick Gillard. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is a bit like that, isn't it? Um, so yeah. this is a bit of an old school looking lineup there, which is uh, which I'm very, very pleased. We were due to have Will Block on, but he'll be on next week uh, as he's doing a lot of travelling out there in the good old US of A. So uh, did the preview show during the week. I'm sure you were uh, entertained as much as the rest of us with uh, with his performance. But did, he'll uh, be back next Sunday. Yes, Luke? Did anybody get the prediction right on the show this week? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. Well, me, and, uh, me and the other Nick went on to on Fan TV. And if you added up the goals from my prediction, Nick's prediction, and the Swansea fans' prediction, it still wasn't enough. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nearly, but not quite. I think it was 5-3 if you add it all up, but in the wrong direction. Oh. Um, it's it's going to be a difficult show today. We we you know we we don't like to cover the same topics over and over again, but it's unavoidable at the moment because we're seeing the same thing over and over again. We're seeing a a team that just seems to be bereft of any proper organisation. No matter which way we approach a match, something seems to go wrong, and we we seem to find ourselves defending like amateurs. You know, so I kind of had in my head that we'd do a sort of good, bad, and ugly kind of thing but good doesn't really take very long bad takes forever and ugly is just our defense um but then look there were some things to be positive about so i, I do want to start with a bit of a, a reference to just a bit of praise for wilfred zaha because there's few bright sparks at the moment but wilf is certainly one of them and and nick it was a great goal well taken wasn't it oh he showed a lot of strength didn't he it was um the way he turned and Two defenders he shrugged off to 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 welly it in. It was um, a striker's goal, and uh, I know Joe has spoken in the past that Wolf's spoken about um, playing in the striker role, and perhaps we might have to put him there with with the wicket injury. But I think he could be an answer there. No Remy either. Mm. I mean, it was it was a relatively bright start, and sort of encouraged at that early moment. Don't about yourself, Joe. We sort of thought maybe this four four two or four four one one, whatever you want to call it. But having Ben Teke and Wickham up top together, maybe it was a, a an answer to something a little different. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I can't tell you how lost of words I am. I just, just on that point, uh, I, I, they're just the same player. You know, the same yeah. style of player where we're just going to hoof it upfield, by the way. And just, just a very, very quick... I need to go just off on a little tangent very quickly. There's only one other club in the in the Premier League that have hoofed more than us. So this transition isn't a transition. It's not working because we are we're we're just miles ahead of everybody else apart from one team in hoofing the ball up front. Yeah, and I think that uh, the results have a lot to do with that because it uh, and the, the game we won against Stoke where we did sort of pass it through the middle and all that kind of stuff. That was that was the moment where Pardew said, "See, that's what it was. That's what I was talking about." But you're right that you know the stats don't really help that. And we talked about it last week, and Pardew made reference to the the possession stats going up and us creating more chances and all that. 
And it was quite rightly pointed out last week that that's it's only fractionally, and in reality, we're seeing a lot more of the same and, and coping worse with it. Do you think the fact that uh, that Benteke and Wickham are too similar was summed up by the the miss in the first half at, at one nil, where they sort of air shot, sort of ball dropped to both of them, and neither of them kicked it? Well, the fact is they're both, you know, they're both in each other's way, which means they're both in the same position. Just, just sort of shows that how similar they are. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so frustrated in, in, you know, the the Palace thing, right? Is it's it's all, it's all well and good just having two big players up front, but we need someone on the floor. That's that's that's, that's for me. So I, I just there's loads of other stuff I want to I want to talk about apart from you know. Well, let's, I mean, open, let's we, open, we, open up. But, as to what what did, what was your feeling throughout that game? Because oh, I'll I'll tell you this basically. We we all talked about it after the match. We were talking during it. We were three one down. We we're all sort of feeling suicidal and what have you. And then, and then we got we back got to four three. three. And, and um, Lucy, Lucy, you you please what we've done. done. <laughs> there we go sorry about that so we got back to, to 4-3 um, and and you had the elation of that from the from the severe depression and then at the 5-4 I was just emotionally dead and I still haven't recovered but, but it's but it's not just it's not just that, that it's being 3-1 down to a side that hadn't won at home all season yeah. that, that's just completely struggled is I mean it's just the Palace way anytime you're in trouble just pray you're going to be playing Palace because you know we'll always oblige. We have done for for years in in that kind of you know in that kind of way. But to to get it back to three three was we, we would have been joyous. You know it was a lost cause, nick a point, happy days. You know on sixty eight minutes we're three one down. On eighty six uh, eighty six minutes we're four three up. And you know we're all going like like this is just ridiculous. It's gone from from joy to. Now we're winning, ridiculous, and then we go and lose it five four in, you know, wherever it was. It was it was ten minutes, and I just, I'll, just... Uh, I know where you're coming from, mate. Definitely, I give Lucy a chance to speak in a sec, but I just, I just want to point this out because you're, you're summing it up brilliantly in the sense that, you know, it is ridiculous. It's, it's totally ridiculous. But again, Pardew in his, his post match press conference. First of all, and I'll come back to this later on, he has a go at the players and, and he's visibly angry. He's almost sort of shaking with rage. He's visibly angry, but he's having a go at the players. But, you know, again, he's pointing out the fact that we conceded four goals from set pieces when we worked on set pieces in training solidly for two weeks. So, you know, I think he's got to ask questions about the kind of standard of coaching because we're talking about professional footballers who could defend before. So what's happening? I would say he needs to look closer to home himself and, and the coaching staff in terms of what's being done there but more than that he starts talking about the match as this crazy match but this happened against Burnley okay not as many goals but it's the same thing it's mm. the exact same thing it's not like this is a one-off you know it's a couple of games ago that we're we're talking about the same thing again where we've got ourselves out of jail got ourselves in this great position and then just thrown it all away because we have literally no idea what to do we just panic it was it was pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Loose. <laughs> sorry, go on, Nick. If you want to say something, then sorry. Who, who's that down to though? Is the you know the, the defenders not closing down people who want to shoot? Is that down to Pardew or is that down to 
the defenders not getting the basics right at all. I mean, who's, whose fault is that? Is that part of use? Is it a it's, lack of belief? Is it a playing shit because we want to get rid of him like Chelsea did Mourinho, allegedly? Um, well, I, don't, I don't know about that, I, but well, I'm steering more down the uh, more down the route of the players are playing, are getting ourselves back into games and fighting because of their own personal pride rather than fighting for the manager. I'm starting to feel a little bit like that, but I, I don't know. I, we start talking about the defence and is it their fault? Well, there was that debate on Match of the Day, you were talking about it pre-show, where Phil Neville was saying, talking about Benteke and saying, well, you know, you can't you can't legislate for the fact Benteke is not defending properly there. And Danny Murphy is absolutely spot on when he says, well, you know, the manager's the one who tells them who to mark and, and who's who's in which position. So if it's not the manager's fault, whose fault is it? If it's not the coaching staff's fault, whose fault is it when they're setting up deciding who to mark? Leroy Fair, you know, everyone knows what a, what a threat he is, yet... Benteke's marked him three times and he's basically got three three of him three times. So even if you start off that way, you're not reacting. There's no in-game management. And that's where we start talking about the loss of these leaders that, that we had. Sorry, I just yeah. take a breath there. I ran it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, about, sorry, just say about it... 10 minutes time, we'll give the listeners a chance to rant as well. So uh, be prepared for that. I'll give you the number out. In about five minutes, and then five minutes after that, we'll open up the, the lines. Sorry, Chris, can I give you some uh, rants in the chat? Absolutely. Rants in the chat. Uh, wholeradio.net forward slash chat if you want to join us in there. Um, Booted Eagle, Wilf and most of the front line are doing their best, but being totally outdone by the circus at the back. Addington Eagle, um, good evening. Um, he was moaning about losing so much. And when was the last time the under-23 side have won? It's implying it's going all through the club it's only these ladies team that are able to get us a win they're not just getting us a win they're doing superbly i might have to go watch them from now on um yeah and Jay no, it's, it's point. sorry finally i don't think scoring goals is the issue in fairness he has addressed that from last season but the same organizational crap show persists and has done all year and that's it you know that's it we will talk about this but i've been trying to there's a few discussions i got involved in on facebook and reading through the message boards and all that kind of stuff i'm just looking at the people who are defending alan pardew and, and what it is that they're saying and quite a lot of it seems to be that oh you support the club in thick and thin blah 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 blah. we interested in that doesn't really come into it uh one point that was made was we're only a win away from mid-table so well so <laughs> so what where's where's that win coming from because it should have come against Swansea, should have come against Burnley. It should have, you know, when we start looking at the, the run we're on, it's it's not excusable by that kind of a comment. It's not excusable by saying, oh, we're only, we're not, we're not that, only that far, we're only, you know, we're one off the, you know, we're off the bottom on goal difference, whatever it is, but, you know, we're, we're better than that. It's fine. It'll be fine. We won't be relegated. And no, you, don't get me wrong. Go on. You're, you're saying about, about Burnley, I just, I just, it's only a small point, but but they beat Liverpool at Anfield this season, and the old City to a nil-nil draw. They they when Burnley play well, they play very well. When they play bad, they play very bad. So they're either going to do they're either they're basically going to do what we do. They're just going to they're going to play well against the decent teams, and then just get beat by the teams that they would hope to be beating. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I just I just meant when you actually look at the game we played against them in the position we got ourselves into, at the very least we should have had a point out of that. But on the balance of play we should have won. But we but Swansea won, did got... Swansea did yesterday what we did to, to Burnley, where we should have shut up shot and got, you know, 
at three three, they should have shut up shop. We got the fourth goal, and then when they got their fourth goal, we should have shut up shop again. <laughs> It yeah. just seems it just seems to be that these the us and the clubs around us are almost incapable of trying to close a game out. It is, but when you when you actually look at what's happening as well, what is really concerning for me is because you're not just pointing at one player losing their man or anything like that. If you actually look at the goals we conceded yesterday, the defense it's like there's there's some sort of if the, if the first ball happens and whatever <laughs> happens with the first ball. <laughs> What? So you, you can't. You're so incredulous. You can't get your words out, Chris. That's you, right. That's right. Well, I'm doing now. Go on, carry on. Yeah. No, it was the first ball. Come, as soon as we touch, someone touches the ball first. It's like our defence think, oh, someone's touched the ball. I must immediately stop. You know, and you're looking at players like. I mean, even for the fifth goal, you look at the position of Tompkins and Dan. And they're just they're marking no one standing there watching. You know, you look. You look at. The Swansea players and the movement that they're, you know, this is a team that was really low on confidence. And their movement on for the second ball, they just want it so much more. But and no, don't get me no wrong, one knows. Up, up the other end, we're fine. We're, we're challenging for the second ball up the other end, and their defenders are static. So I don't know what it is. It's some weird psychological problem. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, but no one knows whether they're marking a player or whether they're marking a space. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. They, no one could, no one can decipher what's going on. I think it changes. It literally changes from week to week. The other, the other thing as well is that the, the midfield have a huge, huge part to play in, in defensive in their defensive capabilities. You know, I, I can see, I can see why Kabai's taking stick, but also can see why, you know, him fumbling it on the line as such because it just all happens so quick. But that. I think I tweeted last night that their fourth goal took three deflections in less than a second. Yeah. You, you watch that cross come in, you know. People, again, people were killing Kelly yesterday, killing him. But that, that I can't remember his name now. They're, they're little oh, right oh, winger. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's our Wolf. That's what he is. Wolf tears up their, their, their right back. And, and, and we, you know, it's what's happening to us. Wingers seem to be that there was a massive glut of, 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 you know, no one used wingers. And now people have seen the value of having wingers again. And it seems that, you know, not maybe not the bigger sides, but other teams are going, well, we've got a tricky winger, stick him out there. And and that's what happens. But it, it, people need to be, the, the whole team needs to be culpable. You know, it's brilliant that when Wilf goes forward and destroys if he has to be part of the defence, you know, he was slaughtered by Shearer on match of the day for, you know, for letting the Liverpool player just ball watching when Liverpool scored their, one of their goals against us. You know, yeah. you, you see, you, you little bit. He's, no, he's, he's not like that anymore, Joe. He's, he's a lot more defensive-minded, Will. Yeah, but, no, I, I don't, I don't, I, either way, whether he is or isn't, I don't think our, our problems could be summed up by, by you know, Wilfred Zaha. Whether he, but we can't Zaha just, we can't just turn around and say we've got four players at the back and we just castigate them week in, week out. No, we no, have, not at all. Yeah, potentially, we have a, like the goalkeeper, four defenders, and four midfielders that should be yeah. back. If, if, yeah, the, and if, if our backs are against the walls and the shit's going to hit the fan, then we have to have everybody back. And that includes Ben Tecky, that includes Towson, includes Wilf, it includes everybody. We have to yeah. defend. We have to defend for our lives. And that's what I we're just, not doing. I just don't, yeah, I agree. I know, Chris, and, do you remember uh, that photo about four years ago when there was Dan Delaney, there was someone's just about to have a shot and four Palace players are sliding in to stop that ball. 
yeah. No, so I yeah. completely agree. That that that, that level anymore. was gone. That level has gone out of our play. You know what it is? That that level. You now that, that is the level of desire. That level. Yeah. That level of, of of the for the club. That's what's gone. That's exactly what has gone missing out of the club. That's the what desire comes from, to play for the club. Can I interject? Comes from the leadership of the pitch. No, bear with me because Lucy's been saying that she wants to speak Sorry. for about an hour. Sorry, now. Lucy. Uh, but also, that's a few tweets that I want to get to as well. So very, very quickly, on the subject we were just talking about, Joe, uh, Caulfield Sevens got in touch and said, if we keep Jedi, Burnley, Man City, Swansea, that doesn't happen. Um, and I, I know what he means by that, because I think, again, it's the on-pitch leadership. It's the on-pitch. You know, the, the reason five players were sliding in and we had that level of desire was because there were so many people out of there who that's how they played. You know, Delaney's another one. We, we all talked about the fact that it was time for Delaney to drop out the team. But maybe we all didn't appreciate just what it is to have someone that strength, you know, that kind of level of leadership in the back line. Because we seemed like we missed it yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, for many, many weeks before. Luce, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to let you talk about whatever subject you like now. Because I can't remember where you were when you said me. I, I, I can't remember either, but I, just to pick up on what everybody's saying, the passion and the desire is no, is no longer there. They are a group of individuals now rather than a team. And yesterday, the only passion on that pitch came from Wilf. It is absolutely unacceptable to be winning 4-3 to lose 5-4. We shouldn't have been 3-1 in the first place. Uh, but it's like I, it's so it was so frustrating to watch, and it is absolutely unacceptable. And it's it goes right from what's happening on the pitch to what's happening in the back room and higher up. They they need to be taking some action, and it, I, I'm just I can't get over what happened yesterday because it should not have happened, not in the position that we're in. No, I totally agree with that, Luce. Uh, Nick, do you want to jump in and then I'll get to some tweets? Yeah, interestingly, I think it was Martin Keown wrote a piece. I don't know what, what paper it was in. It might have even been the BBC about yeah. how everything with, with Alan Pardew and his teams, uh, when it's when it's, we have success, it's about his success and what he's done. Um, it's never about the whole team being together. And, and Gerald's got to the crux of it there. There, there isn't that, that, that will to fight for the club as as we've seen. And I don't know whether that comes with bringing in big money players who are just journeymen from, you know, just next pay packet. Because let's be fair, with with uh, Kabai, he hasn't exactly been that much better than what we had, has he? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I would question whether or not this, this sort of lack of desire, whatever. I actually don't think it comes from, necessarily comes from the players. It comes from how they're they're put together as, as as a unit. I think if you look at a lot a lot of the players, I can't really fault the effort. You know what I mean? But it, I can fault the cohesion. I can fault, you know, again, like what Joe's pointing out about the fact that you know four people going for the same challenge. It's so rare that I see someone pick up from another person's mistake. You see, you know, if Kelly makes an error. Who's there? Who's there backing him up? What's, who's the guy who's backing him up? It's and the same in the middle. It, that's where it was missing. Before, we always used to have two or three people would have another guy's back on the pitch. Uh, but I don't think it comes from the players. I really don't. And, and talking of Keown, and Hothi got in touch on Twitter about it. He's picked out the bit that uh, that he said regarding the players at Palace. Every single one of them at some point has been axed. Punching, being left on the bench in the FA Cup final, 
was a shocking decision. Uh, and uh, Hovey's suggesting, obviously, he had a chat with, I won't, I won't name the player, but it's out there on Twitter, a, a player, a former player that we've spoken to before told him that uh, that he lost the dressing room in the cup final day um, with, with his team selection and the way he went about things. Um, so there you go. So very, very concerning time. So I appreciate that, uh, Hovey, you getting in touch there. Christopher. Yeah. Chat room. Yeah, all right. Then I'll open the phone line, shall I? Yeah, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. There's some great discussion going on there. Um, Pardew has to go. Enough is enough. This is some somebody called DR. Um, he constantly says we'll be working on our defence. Our defence gets shitter by the week. Why is this? <laughs> Terrible coaching. We already know this squad can defend. We've done it before. However, and then it trails off. Um, Simon 55, how long have we been using zonal marking under Pulis and Walnuts? I believe Walnut, I believe we man marked. Um, Russ 62, a general like this, where are the kids to back up the squad when we need them? Then there's an argument about whether he'd, um, he'd use them. Um, Simon 55 picked up on Delaney being fed up on the bench. And going back to leadership, I'm not sure whether you're going to cover this later in the programme, but uh, talk about Dan, is he an actual leader? Well, there you go. Well, that's that's a big question. One I know Patrick's asked us as well. You know, is Dan a proper leader? Luce, do you want to take that one? Is Dan a leader? No, not on his no. own. <laughs> um, I, I think he's he was very good last year. He was a he was a strong sort of defense. He was he he was oh god, I can't even get my words out. I'm that angry. Um, he was very strong last year, and we were all calling him to um, get an England call up. Um, even as early as the start of the season, we wanted him to get a call up. But on recent form, no. And I just, he's hes lovely, Scott Dan. He's quiet. He's unassuming. He, he usually just sort of gets stuck in. And I said it last week on the show, you need somebody like Damo. Because Damo is aggressive. He's passionate. And he constantly talks to the players. He's talking to whoever's in the goal. He's talking to whoever's in front of him. And I think he's had enough. And I think when somebody like him has had enough, it filters through the team. Which, and you've only got to look at what he was doing when um, he was on the bench. I think somebody even said that he was having a nap or something. And yeah, that he did, is, did, didn't celebrate either goal when we went 3-3 three, uh, three, three and 4-3, which is, tells its own story, doesn't it? And for me, I think he hates Pardew. I think... That, that is what it is. And then as soon as one person, especially someone of Damo's stature and longevity at the club, it will filter through to the other other team members. And I think that is one of the things that's happened. I think um, he's just lost them all. And it's it's not going to do any good, Pardew being there. Do you buy this, Joe? Is, is, is the lack of leadership from Dan a problem? Um. Do you know what? He is a very quiet. He is a quiet player for someone that's 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 supposed to be the captain. Um, but then I remember Julian Speroni saying at his testimonial at Fairfield Halls, he said we've got so many captains on the pitch, and we we still do have captains on the pitch. Um, that that everybody everybody should be. I I, I think he, I think people are trying to are trying to throw blame portion blame to certain people and uh it's even to the point where people are questioning delaney for not celebrating but i think there's loads of things i think i, I honestly do think he's lost the dressing room 
And and it goes back to what you just said, and I've tweeted it many times, and I'm, I've said it before, that dropping punching from the cup final was a massive shock, and 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 straight away unforgivable because the chances are punching getting to another cup final now, unless he signs for City or United um, with us a long gone. So that was a, a huge life chance for him in his in his career, but he also had that massive rut with with uh, with Wilf at Spurs a couple of seasons ago where, where Pardew took him off at half-time. You know he's, that when he came in and he just started binning players left, right and centre, important players to us, important players to the fans. But then we, a lot of us have, have, have sort of got over the sentimental side of things, you know, as soon as we came up and we started losing the, the kind, you know, the likes of Ramage and stuff like that, players like that. But this, this, there's something fundamentally wrong within the club. And I think that he, he has, um, he has the, I think he has the complete say on what goes, what goes on, you know, so I think what Pulis wanted, wanted the, the, you know, the say over the club. Yeah. The sort of power, this power play. Exactly. And he was denied that. and, And I think that was probably the reason why he decided to leave. That's irrelevant. It's done and dusted. But I think Pardew has actually been given that. I think he's been given that because I don't honestly think that that Parish would have let certain players go out on loan. I don't, you know, like like Kai Kai. Again, I tweeted last night. I think Kai Kai'd run for a wall for our club. I really do. But but you know, and then we have certain players sulking. It, it's our, our team has turned almost. There are certain players that we have egotistical players that we've never really had before. And uh, well, and it's a bit of a struggle, but but the thing is, whether whether he's whether the ego, the, the ego of the player, is bigger than the ego of the manager, and if yeah. the manager tries to stamp his ego over the top of the players, you can see what what now looks like is a is a team just in is a is a team fact is fractious now, and I think that's what he's done. Is Pardew's come in, and he's just dismantled the club almost yeah. completely. Well, he's had. Well, he kind of said that he felt that he had to after what happened last season. I think he he felt that the problems last season in the sort of back end would be solved if he was able to move the stronger sort of the stronger personalities of the club out, bringing his own people and bringing these bringing better talent or whatever. But it it has completely fractured the club. You're so right in using that word. That's that's exactly what it is. Um, and the trouble is, it's not like. It's not like he he seems to be showing any signs of getting it getting it back and reorganising it and rebuilding it. That's but the biggest is, issue. But he is culpable because the thing is, when things don't go right for a football club, the the chairman doesn't come out and sack the right back. He sacks the manager yeah. and his people with him. Pardew needs to get over this to stop blaming referees to stop blaming. This, this it it just annoys me that he has some bullshit ex- explanation or excuse every single time. Every time, not once, not once has he come out and gone, it's my fault. I'll totally take the blame. Totally take the blame this week. It's my fault. I picked the team. I did this. It's always, yeah, we can't defend. It just, you just, you just, we just need someone to sit in there. And when he says them stupid things at his presses, someone just to sit there and go, bullshit. Seriously, (laughs) stop it. Don't. Fucking stop saying that because you say the same thing every single week. Two weeks training what? At corners? What are they, what are they doing? They're playing against kids. <coughs> I just I just 
get. I just want to. I wish I, I, we should, a, I think we should get you a press pass to actually do that. You know, I would do. I swear <laughs> to you, I would do that and just go. You like stop it. Just seriously, you just shut up and take the blame. And and the thing is, I'd stand there and go, "How big are his balls? He's taking all the blame." And it would take a whole heap of pressure off him because then he would get another a little bit more time. Yeah, I, always think do time was... we, uh, I think it's time we open these phone lines. Uh, you and me have ranted on a little bit too much there, I think. But it's but transition I, I, thing. I, I, the yeah. club, the club behind the scenes, bought into this transition thing, which is what gave him time, extra time, all this season to almost kill our club from the rubbish that he served up last year. Yeah. Fair play, mate. That's it. And we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll add to that discussion throughout the course of the show. But it's not a transition, though, anymore, though, is it? Oh. This, this is it. This is how we are playing. Exactly. This is not a transition. He's had the time. He's had the money. He's had the players. He's had everything. No, he's, he's got a, he's got a crap back for and. But he it, didn't it, have. No, the, trans, the transfer window is going to sort the back four out. There's nothing we can do about that at the moment. And and he, if fate has dealt him a bad card, and I'm not going to stick up for him, but if we let in five goals against that shower yesterday, and then he's got to go. It, it's gone. He's, he's, he's got to go, sorry. Can I check if you can actually hear me? We can now. Right, yes. good, because I, I said about three times, all right, okay, we've got to open the phone lines, and then people carried on talking. It was really quite confusing. <laughs> but obviously I was silent for some reason. Um, okay, right. It is time to open the phone lines. The number you need to ring if you want to have your view, your say today is 0208 123 66 99. That's 0208 one two three sixty six ninety nine. That's also uh, written on our listen live page on holradio.net. Uh, I have got to keep my eyes on the uh, on the page here. It might be that you're you're happy to listen to us and no one wants to call, but the options there oh two oh eight one two three sixty six ninety nine. So just to sort of pick up on a few of the things that we are talking about uh, while we wait to see if anyone wants to get in touch today. Um, I mentioned the, the sort of the the, the uh, defence of Pardew from a, from an increasingly small amount of people. Um, God, Nick, there's an awful lot of noise coming from you. I've got to say it on here because you don't appear to have seen it in our chat. Can you uh, quiet down? Um, so if if you look at what people are saying, I can't really, I can't really see the argument in most of it, but I can see a parallel. If we were from the on the outside looking in, and we were looking at other clubs like Newcastle, like Charlton, like Sheffield Wednesday of old, is there a danger? And I don't know because sometimes you don't know when you're in, on the inside. Is there a danger that we've kind of lost sight of how difficult it is, uh, or and, and what the impact of a change now might be? Have we, like the likes of Charlton did, have we overstretched our ambition too quickly, changed too much, and are now suffering the consequences? And we'll see a similar fall from grace. What do you think, Nick? Silence. I know. I was just about to go and sort out the, the cause of all the noise. Um, so if you'd like to address that, that question to Joe, because I wasn't actually listening to you. <laughs> well, ask Lucy first. <laughs> Lucy, do, you, do you see any... Are we experiencing a, a similar problem that... But perhaps a team like Charlton in the past, or like I say, your Newcastle last season is probably a really good comparison. Is there a danger if we act and sack Pardew that we'll see a similar drop down, or is it that we've tried to change too much already and the damage is done? Well, yeah, we don't want to be one of those clubs that, you know, something goes wrong, you sack your manager. 
something goes wrong, you sack manager and you don't give them the opportunity. But I really do think Pardew is, you know, sort of, he's had his last chance saloon. He's run out of his, his chances. It's, we were, we were, Christmas last year was the start of our downfall. And like, as everybody said, we've had the cup final saved him. But even then, he made the wrong decisions for the cup final. We could have easily won that cup final, but we didn't. And you've got to look at why. Uh, fair enough. Um, sorry, we did we did seem to have a call there, but I don't know what happened. Uh, OK, um, fair enough. It's, I don't know, I, see, I, can't help, I can't help but think that the damage has been done. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think this. What it's almost like when we when we came up and, and Holloway was in charge and we bought all those players and everyone said that that was the mistake that we made. We were very stupid. We tried to change too much too quickly. We upset the the balance of the team and all this kind of stuff. It just to me it just seems like it's exactly that again. It's exactly that situation. Um, so did we really not learn from when we got promoted? I. I'm really struggling with it because I look at the squad that we've got and I think we're better than this. We must be better than this, surely. Sure. How have we gone so far down the road of not being able to defend? How could it be 17, 18 games now without a clean sheet? How could it be? And bottom line is all these arguments about players and the squad strength and all this kind of stuff. The bottom line has to be, and this is why I can't understand people defending him, it has to be the manager. And not just the manager, right? This this is one of the questions I want to ask today. Is if we're talking about changing the manager? We've got to be talking about the whole setup. We really have now, because Pardew's been allowed to. Uh, he got Ben Garner out of the club, uh, brought in Slarko, got rid of Slarko. Now we've got uh, Kevin Keenan as a coach. Uh, Keith Millen stayed around, you know, and and by all accounts, Keith. I don't know if things changed, but Keith Millen was the man in charge of the sort of set pieces and defending starts kind of stuff. Well, if that's true, as hard as it is to say that about a proper Palace man, then then his job's got to be a threat as well. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know what, um, what what the general consensus is out there from Palace fans about that, because, you know, I've, I, the way I'm feeling at the moment and the way that particularly watching that game yesterday and having to watch the highlights back not too long ago before the show started, the way that makes me feel, I'm absolutely sick to the stomach. I'm mm-hmm. fed up fed up with having to watch this i'm fed up with the excuses and and the worst thing of all as gel touched on earlier is watching the press conference and seeing alan pardew blame the players mm. the sec- when you do that and and like you can point to some very high, pro- high profile managers doing it uh Mourinho at chelsea for a start when you do that you come out, out in the press afterwards and you look and you're angry Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. 
They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I know it's difficult because you've not had any time to calm down and what have you, but when you go, it's the players. The players let me down. You know, I take them through training, blah, 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 and they still do that. We spent two weeks on our defensive coaching, yet they concede four from set pieces. If you cannot admit your culpability and you cannot understand that it might be your ineffective coaching, your poor setup, your, you know, you, you can't, what, what's your excuse? You know, I mean, you, you're by he's alienating players by doing that. And, you know, this is the whole debate, isn't it? Is, is are, are the players playing for him? No, they're not. They're not playing for him anymore. Sorry, that got away from me again. <laughs> um, I mean, look, the f- Come, go on, go on, Joe. So, Zeki Fries, just I, I, I'm struggling with it only purely because I thought he came to the club as a left back, right? But I've been told that he what that he isn't. So, he's, he's a left footed player that we've mainly played when he has played as a left back. Why aren't we playing? Why aren't we? He doesn't. Why isn't he giving Friars more minutes? Because he can't be getting. He won't get ripped up as much as Kelly is. I mean, he's at, yeah, yeah, I agree. Arju is has hung Kelly out to dry, and it's it's nothing short of a disgrace because Kelly. We were all we were loving it last year. Scored a goal against against Spurs, didn't he? Yeah. Was it? I'm sure it was Kelly. It was, you know, yeah. Dan, you know he's a right winger. Play for England, uh, uh, right sided player. Play for England, right sided mm-hmm. player. Play for Liverpool, right sided player. And then he goes and stiffs him over at left back when Joe Ward can play left back. I just, I just, it does me. And then failing that, Zeki Fryers, he is a left sided player. Stick him in at left back. Worst case scenario, Sacco. Stick him in at left back. Well, he did, didn't he? Because he's a left footy player. But from the start, Chris, from the start, don't give someone five minutes there just to get terrorised again. Again, um, uh, what's his face? A Welsh left footer. Um, Ledley. Ledley. Joe Ledley. Stick Joe. If we're struggling, that's the thing. We seem to have, and we have, and we touched on this last season, we have got a multitude, an absolute multitude of midfield players and a severe lack and have done for the last three years of of defensive defensive players. So we need one or two gone, and we're completely in the shit. And that's exactly what's happened. The, the other thing as well, right, is that Delaney. I feel so sorry for him because again, you, you can. He's such a nice guy, and he has he has absolutely worn his heart on it on on his sleeve for our club. Yeah. He, he, he is a dying breed as a player, right? And him falling asleep on that bench yesterday with not a care in the world is just absolutely speaks volumes. Absolutely. It breaks my heart. Absolutely breaks my heart. I, 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 but, it, but it breaks mine. But not from a, you know, I, I, it just, it upsets me because the, we have got the classic, what seems to me, the enemy within. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football. At FanDuel, you select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses OptiStats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier 
Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homestale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please play responsibly. Okay, so we're going to try one call now. Mikey, off you go as soon as you like, mate. Hello, who's that? It's Keith. Hello, Keith. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, yeah. The <laughs> air is yours. <laughs> Sorry? The, the air is yours. You go ahead. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I was at the game yesterday, um, and I thought um, we did all right up until um, Punch and gave the free kick away, and then from then onwards, we just went to pieces. Um, I'm amazed nothing's happened today regarding Pardew. Um, I've been a supporter of him um, basically up until yesterday. You know, but I thought yesterday was the um, was the last. I mean, Burnley I thought was the worst performance um, of the season. You know, having lost that the way we did, but I think yesterday was even worse. Interesting with your view. I've heard a lot. You know, your comments today, and uh, you know, it's quite interesting. Obviously, uh, um, yeah. Is... Carry on, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it, Keith? Because I, I think, in terms of the performance, it, it really, it really turned on that free kick, exactly as you say. Before that moment, you're looking at a, a fairly comfortable, comfortable performance where we were very unlucky not to be further ahead. There was obviously Wilf's header hitting the bar and dropping between Benteke and Wickham, and our general play. We looked comfortable, you know, and I actually felt really confident at that moment. You know, at no point did you think that a five-four was coming, did you? At that at that stage, but but we we just capitulated. We went to absolute pieces, and that just that shows a fragile confidence. And and who else is to blame if the confidence is that fragile, irrespective of the fight back? The confidence is that fragile that you can fall apart in any moment of a game. Yeah, King. Yeah, sorry, go on. So, Kim, what was it like walking away from the game? Then, what was the what was the feeling among the fans on the way out the ground? Um, I, I just well, it, it was quite silent. I think they were just gobsmacked, uh, uh, you know, at uh, what had gone on. I mean, I thought when we got back to three all, um, I thought, well, this is only papering over the cracks. And even when we went four three up, I thought, well, perhaps this will give him a bit more time. But we could all see, even when we were four three up, I mean. All right, Tompkins' goal may have been a bit fortuitous. Maybe Zahar's the one that was deflected in. But, um, no, I, you know, I think the fans leaving the ground yesterday were, you know, just really couldn't believe, you know, what happened. And obviously there was people ringing in um, on 6.06. We listened in the car on the way back. But, uh, but I, you know, I think Pardew is to blame. I mean, his team selection, once again, I thought that, um, at, you know, Kelly has been poor at left back. And I thought... The game last week against Man City would have been his last game at left-back. Now, all right, Pardew didn't sign Fries, but we, we, we paid a reported £5 million for him. Now, this guy has never been given a chance, to st- as far as I can remember, to actually start a game. Now, why did he bring him on yesterday when we were 3-1 down? He should be starting games, and if he doesn't start on Saturday, then I don't think he's got any future at the club at all. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fair enough. It, it, but... I don't. I, I get really, really stuck with it because I, I'm, I'm one who wants Friars to play, right? So, but but having said that, I completely understand from the performance he, he put in when he first joined the club against Newcastle for 
the problems he had off the field for his fitness issues, all this kind of stuff. I understand why he didn't get a chance before now. But but that used to be where I would defend Pardune and defend the coaching staff, right? But I'm now in this position where, as Joe was suggesting, how can it be any worse than what we're currently seeing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Correct. We're in a position as, as, a, as a football club where, and, you know, take this as in, in the humour it's meant, but where we cannot do worse by putting Zeki Fries in at left back. Yeah, I quite agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is an incredible frustration, Keith. What would you want? What do you want to see as a change? What type of, of a, a manager? You know, if you've got a name, great. But what type of manager needs to come in and, and sort this team out? I mean, um, personally, I bite my lip when I'd say Sam Allardyce. But you know, for what happened with the England situation, um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a candidate that I would I would want. But the way things are at the moment, to me, it seems that he's really the only candidate out there. It's probably available that um, that might come in and, and sort you know sort the uh, sort the team out. And I I also think which other comments other people have made that if we do bring somebody else in, we need a, cl- a complete clear out of the backroom staff, which means Millen's got to go and you know and the other guy Keane that they brought in. But I mean, what concerns me? I mean, obviously nothing's happened today. Whether Parish is behind the scenes is obviously what we don't want. Um, is for Pardew to be sacked and then Millen to come in and take temporary charge. We, if we are going to get rid of Pardew, we need somebody to come in and replace him on a permanent basis. Now, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, we don't know. But my concern on Saturday is it will be interesting to see if Pardew still, is still in charge, the reaction of fans when he walks down that touchline before the game. And it, should we go behind, you know, um, I, think it, I think he could get a hell of a lot of abuse on Saturday. I can remember, I think, years ago when uh, I think it was Trevor Francis um, was manager, and I think it was an evening game that we lost. I, don't, I know it was at the end of the season, but we lost the game, and people were just tossing their season tickets away. But obviously that's not going to happen on Saturday, but I do fear that he, he will get a lot of abuse on Saturday if we do not get a decent result against Southampton, if he is still manager. Yeah, no, I do share that fear. It was pointed out earlier in a, in a tweet to us, I can't remember who said to him, but uh, just I'm thankful anyway, even though I've forgotten who it was. <laughs> who said uh, obviously Warnock went after a, a defeat against Southampton? Uh, could we see history repeating itself? Which again, it's, it's got to be a possibility now. I do well, wonder. I do wonder. Really raining and really cold as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, God, that was horrific. I've, you've just reminded me. But I, I day, do, it? it was. Yeah, I do. But I just do think that there could be. If, if there's this proper plan in place, right? If if all the discussions behind the scenes between Parju, Parish, uh, you know, Josh Harris and, and David Blitzer, if all the discussions have been, you know, this is a very clear plan that we've got here. This is exactly what we're going to do. These are the things that could happen. This is how wrong it could go. And all of this has been covered off. As I was saying this the other night on, on, on Fan TV. We, you could look at it and say they're being incredibly brave. They're standing up to to the problems it has in, in changing the, the culture at the club and, and so we can become something better than we've ever been. And they're being really brave about it. But I think that that ship sailed quite some time ago now. I think it, it, I think it sailed about five games into the season. Where, but you can, be, you can be as brave as what you want if you don't have the players that want to back up a manager. It doesn't matter how brave you are. You have, to, you have to believe in... The thing is... If you create a system and you have to believe in it, and then what you have to do is you have to get the players to believe in it. So there's just no there's no belief in the club at all. You can see it. You can absolutely see it. Yeah. Now you're right. They do not trust. It used to be that they could trust the game plan. 
but they do not seem to trust that. Uh, last few moments for you, Keith. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with the midfield because apparently Kabai is suspended on Saturday. Uh, I would have thought they've got to bring Ledley, uh, Ledley in, uh, you know, as a defensive midfielder. I mean, we, we, we're so short, you know, size-wise in, in the midfield. Yesterday we had Punch and Kabai and MacArthur, and they uh, and they get out muscled. We, we haven't got the strength. I mean, Jed and X been mentioned before, and I still think, you know, he, you know, he could still do a job if he, if he was still here, but obviously he's not. But we we all knew in the summer that we needed we needed strengthening in central midfield. We needed a quality um, you know player on the on the ball, which, which, you know, which we haven't got uh, at the moment. Um, you know, the, the, the midfield at the moment just doesn't look strong enough. No, I agree with that. There's definitely a, a physicality missing in there at times. You know, Kabai is a little terrier, a car for the same. You know, and like you say, Ledley's not exactly a giant or anything like that. How many cards has Punching got this season? It's a fair few, more than he's ever got, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know whether he listens to our show and just thought he'd have a car at me. <laughs> I would say almost definitely, Joe. Hmm. Keith, thank you so much for your call, mate. I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. I believe yeah. we have another nice caller to follow. Cheers, Keith. Take care, mate. Bye. Bye uh, we do have another caller to follow, and that will be Darren when he joins us. I'll give Mikey's fingers time to type the number. This is looking promising, I think. <laughs> But no, good, good stuff from Keith there. Uh, if you don't want to get in, t- in touch, do get in contact through hlradio.net forward slash contact. Drop us your name and number and we'll give you a shout. Darren, is that you? Yes, we can. Hello, mate. Watch, uh, well, the air is yours. Go right ahead. Um, I'm out, I must admit, I've not even watched the uh, highlights from Saturday. I guess I just couldn't bring myself to watch it, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think it's just been enough as enough. And just hearing people's emotions, people's anger, people, you know, everybody, everybody seems to be really on edge about the whole situation at the moment and everybody wants to see something happening. And even though myself, you know, sort of growing up through 1990, all that period with Pardew, with all that team, the affiliation with it, with, you know, you've got your, your Mark Bright there at the moment, you know, you've got your Pards there, your Solarco is there, you've got all that there and it's kind of a bit of nostalgia there which was a great feeling for the club. Even through the FA Cup, it was a great moment for the club. And that whole back, for me, myself, that whole backstory. But it's got to that point, he's just lost the dressing room. And I think it's evident that he has. Um, I, right. I was very, actually listening to you guys' comments tonight about, about Delaney. That does speak volumes to me as well, as, as a fan. Because knowing Damon Delaney, the way he is, the way he is towards the club, I think if Jed and Act was there as well, you'd probably get the same thing. I'm sure Spironi is exactly the same. Those those people that sort of built that club up over the last few years were kind of let go by Pardew. You do feel it's an ego thing. I do think it's a, he wants to be the number one there. And, and anyone that had a bigger ego than that, he got rid of. <laughs> no, that's a fair point. I think uh, you've got the pleasure of Mr. Joel Holyoke wanting to speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just think that we're all, we're all pretty much thinking the same thing. Uh, the, 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 the only, pro- the only problem I have now, right, and, and I have never ever criticised Parish. I don't, I, I, can, I can honestly think I could never say I've criticised because I think what he's done for our club has been nothing short of, of miraculous. The way that he's turned us around from, you know, a club that was almost regularly going out of business. Um, to, to one that actually has money in the bank at the end of the season. But by, 
by surrounding him, himself with, um, I say legends, you know, because Pardew was, apart from that one goal, was just a, you know, he was an ordinary player. Um, he's, he surrounded himself by what seems like yes men. Um, well, that's an interesting point. Darren, I, I'm going to ask, I can I, can I ask Darren a question off the back of that, Joe? Yeah, go on. He brought that up as well. And do you think potentially that's a problem? And I'm not just talking like you, you know, you brought it up in terms of, of Steve Parrish picking picking out these legends and what have you, and Apardu doing the same. Darren, do you think that maybe is a source of the issue? Have we gone too much for nostalgia? Has this idea that you have to have people around that know the club, which seemed to work for us before, is that now a problem for I, us? I mean, it shouldn't It shouldn't be a problem. You know, I think it's a good, you know, I always thought it was a good thing for the club. You know, it feels good. It brings a, it brings an atmosphere to the club that you can't just generate. You know, I think it takes, it, took, it just gave us that little edge a bit sometimes in some games. Um, so I can see why they they kind of did that and they are doing that. Do you know? Do you know what it brings? A, it, it brings it brings comfort. Comfort. It just brings comfort to the yeah. club, Darren. Yeah. That's what it does. It yeah, brings it does, comfort yeah. to yeah, the fans. Does. And if the fans feel more settled, but the thing is, I think that no matter what happens now, I think Steve Parrish, because this is this, this has been prolonged literally from two months before the end of last season. I think that soon Parrish is going to lose the fans. And that, that's my biggest danger, is that the abuse that, that he got before Pardew, you know, all that time when he was really targeted um, by, by certain people, it, it's only a matter of time before I think that they turn on him. Because ultimately, he has, he has the gun. He has the gun and the bullets. Yeah. And if he ain't firing, then, you know, people got to turn on someone. And that, that, well, that has- satisfies me. Well, it is. A, it is. A, I always think it's a bit of a smokescreen now, and uh, the, that whole thing has become a smokescreen. And you've got to go. You know, it's, it's hard to, once you take away all that's going on. You need to take away the like everyone's trying to do. You take away the match from yesterday. You just go back to what the actual table says. You go back to the. I think what's that table? This this league table they've got of every club in in, in all four. Yeah, all the leagues, and we're at the bottom of that league, ninety second or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't lie. Does you, can, you can prove anything with stats. It doesn't lie, though. That yeah. stuff does not lie. Well, after you know, the Burnley game, stats was. after the Burnley game, Dan, we, we went down to 0. 0.71 a game. And I don't know, are we yeah. are we in the 0. 0.60s per game now? After it's that, close, it got to be really close. That, that is shocking because at 0. <laughs> 0. 0.7, we were going to get 28 points. No team has stayed in the Premier League on less than 34. And that's a stat that I got for Terence. Um, we'll do a quick show then. Just do a quick shout. Um, there's been an article just uh, released at uh, quarter to eight today by Dominic Fifield, a very knowledgeable guy on Palace and superb writer uh, on The Guardian. I'll get Mikey to tweet it out. Something for you to read uh, after the show, obviously, when I finish listening to this. But uh, it's a fantastic article talking about Pardew being on the brink and talking about all the reasons behind it and a lot of stuff we're talking about today. But it's a very good, concise article. Uh, talking about the issues and one of the things he talked about in there is that the mistakes are coming from anxiety and the anxiety has to be created by the manager is that a, a good summing up for you Darren? I mean that's definitely what's happening and I I, I think if, if to me if they if if they was if the parish was going to back pass and they, everyone was going to carry on backing them you'd think that team somehow would be thinking about how they could improve things. Like you say, bring in another coach in, bring in a defensive coach in, bring in whatever they need, whatever tools they need to do the job to make improvements. But it's just not happening. And it does feel to me that he has totally lost it. <laughs> really so has it, lost the plot. So, so for you, is, and, is the only and that's, option And that's change. going down to... 
yeah, it's going down. It, it's it's going down to the team. The team have lost. The players have definitely lost whatever it is they have with Pardew. They've lost confidence in everything. Just just and before you showed on the pitch. Now, just before you come on, Keith, uh, Keith come on and he said that you know we gave him the option of who he wanted, and he said Allardyce, but. I could hear it in his voice. He said, and he had a big butt. No. And I think it's the is 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 his morality of being caught trying to cheat the system. If, if we had a, you know, he's gonna, he's, I think he's gonna get the bullet. Isn't there's no other way about it. Who who do you want? <sighs> That's the noise. You know, you know what? I I I got. I've really got no idea who who I could say. Yep, Stam is my I man. Really, I really haven't got a name. There's not. There's not a name. There's not a name. I definitely not Allardyce. Because that would be within a season, everybody would him out. So that it just, you know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't last five minutes. Yeah, so you're doing, you've been in the same situation again within a few years. So to get someone in, I, I, you know, you're looking like an Eddie Howe kind of manager. Eddie Howe turned us down once already. He'll never come back. Eddie yeah. Howe will never come back to us. Yeah. He's natural, but, but, the natural step for Eddie Howe is Man United, England. That's that's it. He's, yeah. he's but, too but good for that, us. Um, what, what I'm saying, somebody. He was in that kind of position at the moment. He was in that position when we would could have gone for him the first time. So you're looking at that kind of manager. Well, we did. I don't. Turned I mean, down and went to Burnley. I know you're still angry about that, but. <laughs> 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 all right, Darren. Uh, last chance. Yeah, anything else right, you want to add, mate? No, no. You got one. One last. Oh, anything else you want to add? <laughs> or you? Or you? Um, happy with that? No, I, I, I just uh, I'm not going to watch match of the day, and I don't think I'll ever watch that game. So, I know you, you shouldn't. I, like, it's a little bit like I've never watched the FA Cup final highlights. I never will. I just watched because no. because of the show. This I have to put myself through this. I just watched the highlights again before the start of the show, and I'm telling you now, I felt physically sick at the at the fifth goal yeah. again. Uh, do not I, do it to yourself. Same. I will say I will say one thing. I think there was a match. We was in the championship. Fikem was in charge. We lost about five something nil or five one. It was yeah. Sheffield Wednesday away, wherever it was. I remember that day, and I remember sitting there, and everyone thought, you know, he's lost it. Even though he's a legend, all the rest of it is Steve Kemba, but he just can't go any further with this. And he went, and I think we're at the same stage with Pardew. There you go. Great stuff, Darren. Really appreciate your call, all mate. Right. Thank you. Bye. It's similar to the losing four-one against Fulham when Holloway went. It was the, the game that that did it and showed that he'd lost it and, and Holloway knew that, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And, and that was the moment he lost the crowd. It's interesting, uh, Keith was talking about that, about the atmosphere could get pretty poisonous against Southampton. And Pardew hasn't had that. You know, he hasn't had uh, the, the large sections of the crowd turn on him at a game. And, we've, uh, you know, and, I, and I, this is what I said last week as well, but the the fact that we haven't done that when we're at games and this is what frustrates me about all this arguing on social media and whatever, because so many people are like, Oh, you got to support the club. We do like, you know, talk about this show and how negative we've been. We have been negative because it's been difficult to do anything else. But you know, I, all of us, when we go to the ground, we support the club. We want the club to win every game. We turn up and we're just desperate for, you know, whether you like Pardew or not. And some people just don't like him as a person or, or, or rate him as a manager, but I want him to succeed. But, it's gone. It's gone now. It's gone too far. If he turns it around, I will be absolutely delighted. And if that means people think, oh, you'll be eating your words, you are hasty. Fine, I'll eat my words. I was too hasty. Whatever, blah, 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 blah. I just want us to do better, but I can't see it. I can't see it coming anymore. Who do you want, Luce? Mancini. What, and Lombardo? Yeah. 
Okay. That would rip the art out of, uh, out of City because I think he's pretty well in um, Lombardo at City. I don't think he'd come to us, and that's a good call. I just. Uh, but is that another? Not... Is that another nostalgic trip though? That's the thing. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. I think for just... me, the thing with Pardew is looking back at so like his post-match interviews. He just seems so disingenuous and genuine. Because he just he says all this stuff and never acts on it. Oh, our defence was awful, blah, blah, blah. So fix it, change it up, mix it up. It, what, he said something on Match of the Day. He said, um, I, don't, I can't remember who was interviewing him, but he said something like, um, that must have really hurt, that loss. And his response was, they all hurt. Well, that's not good enough. You should be changing it if, if you... If, you get defeated, you mix it up, you, you change where the issues are, and that is what he is not doing. We're going in with the same bullshit every week, and we're getting punished for it, and it's not fair. We, we pay good money to watch our team, and we will love them no matter what happens, no matter who is in charge, no matter who is on the pitch. We will love Crystal Palace. We have done for years. But it's not fair to us to see what is happening on the pitches whether it's at Sellers Park, whether it's at the Liberty whether it's at the Etihad, wherever it is, we owe, are owed more as fans than what we are currently getting from the players from the board, from the management and it's, it's just we're not We're not fans anymore, we're customers Lewis, you forget well, that, That's a bit cynical but we'll, we'll, uh, Nick you've got some uh, stuff you want to say in a minute as, as Joe <laughs> I do want to very very quickly uh just have one last shout for people who want to call in. If you go to holradio.net forward slash contact, send us a message with your uh, name and phone number. We will get in touch before we wrap up the show. Um, it won't be too much longer, so do get in touch pretty quickly. So we can vet uh, you quickly. Yeah, we've got to vet you first as well in case you uh, call, call us bad names again. Do you remember that? <laughs> that was happy, wasn't it? Uh, but Nick, yes, go on, jump in, mate. Um, yeah, I, it's, we're funny, we're talking about a, a replacement. He might still be here at the end of the season. It, it hasn't happened yet. I think all we can do is, as somebody said before, is uh, fans make it vociferous that we actually we do want change now, and we need to do that against Southampton, if it, that is indeed the, the consensus. But um, looking ahead, I think Yap Stam doing a good job at Reading, and he, he started them by shoring up the defence, and um, they're starting to play some nice, attractive football now. Yeah, I've got to know a few Reading fans, and they were worried, really worried at the start of the season. But once he got his, got a few players in and got them established, he really has turned them around, and um, they're they're very very excited about the future. Uh, Joe, um, yeah, I've got so much going on in my head. I I just wanted to go on about just just very quickly, just harking back to the last six games, the six losses, in that we've conceded. Um, you know, we've scored 18 goals so far this season, and in the last six games, we've wiped out our goal difference by conceding 18. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, the, the the problem isn't, you know, but but it, it's 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 not as simple as what people think, you know. But just like I said, I go back to about people just blaming the defence. The the modern game is that everybody helps out, so we need to be, you know. Everybody needs to be having a look at themselves. And again, I said last night, it's you know, it, ultimately the the whole thing falls on Pardew. That's what it does because he picks the team, he picks the substitutes. Some of the substitutions he's done this year have been baffling to say the least. I don't I don't yeah. get a lot a lot of what he does. 
but I just, I'm just, like I said, it's, it's a, the most frustrating. I've never, I have, I can't, I, I honestly can't think that I've called for a manager to be sacked. I'd love someone to just say, oh, I remember when you said all the way, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think I might have agreed, but I've never called. I've never gone on social media, and like I have now, and I've been saying it for, for a long time now, that he is not he is not for us. He is not for us. And we and again, months and months ago, I said that, you know, it's all brilliant winning 3 2 4 3. But when you get beat 3 2 4 3, week in, week out, which is now what is happening, is, uh, you know, and, and again, this this uh, this stat about the about the points. Let's just call it point seven a game. This is not this season. This is no, this year. Calendar year. We're in, we're nearly in December. It's, a, it's not. It's not that, a joke. No, and that take you know. No matter what way you look at it, and people go, oh well, you know, we're too good to go down. We are not too good to go down. It, believe me. It's a thing, Joe. On, on that stat. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick. What you say? It's a lot of dedication to be that rubbish. It does. Here's the thing, right? This is based on that stat. And then, Nick, you can bring us some uh, conversation from the chat room and I'll get to some tweets. But on that stat where you talk about us being the worst team in a calendar year, last year when everyone was talking about Leicester and how they was eventually they were going to fall away and all that kind of stuff, they hit a point where in a, in a stat, they're the back end of the previous season and how they were doing last season, they were the best team in the calendar year and they won the league. What does that tell you, right? Over the course of a year, your form pretty much will <laughs> tell you where you're going to end up. If we stay as we are, if nothing changes, dramatically changes, as in a huge change of direction, we are going down and we'll probably go down bottom of the league. That is, I seriously believe that. And this stating the bleeding obvious award of the year goes to Chris Hambling. Don't undermine me, Gillard. We won't, we won't finish lower than Hull. We will not finish lower than Hull. Can, oh, I just, um, just, can I just say, yeah. we're not in the bottom three yet. No, no. But there's always next week, isn't there, Lucia? <laughs> 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 Nick. <laughs> you want some chat room stuff? Yeah, boy. Um, Booted Eagle, this whole radio.net forward slash chat, Booted Eagle said, Pars tenure has now turned sour. Um, Coach Matt Brighty would step in and cover, and then he got coated for that really by everybody um lombardo is at torino um jay dog said save the mancini lombardo combo for another time um and russ 62a has said i would like to be the fly on the wall when townsend is throwing his toys out the pram about where he plays to yapstam but i don't know what their um their history is yeah okay um right Okay, thanks for that. Tweets. Uh, Ricker says, players don't play for Alan Pardew, they play for us. Players are also culpable. Interesting point there. Um, in response to uh, Bramie Eagle saying the whole backroom team should go, the useless goalkeeper coach is a something. Uh, Tasha Piker said, uh, I was always told this repeatedly already. Poor old Andy woman. Uh, <laughs> media, he just asking what's happened to Brown. Is he still involved? I think he's still a, a minority shareholder, but I'm not sure he's got a other than, than being a director, I'm not sure he has any direct involvement. Uh, Jedi said, whatever our anger, anger parish and owners can only change this. South London's number one, completely agree with Joe. Too much of a power's act going on behind the scenes. Complacency has set in. Uh, Edward Paul, no, you can't prove anything with stats. Correct statements 
one can draw foolish conclusions from reasonable numbers. Interesting stuff, Edward. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hewitt, um, there's a suggestion from Jedi with a big smiley face. Agree with that, mate. Uh, Ian McDade is saying that Laurent Blanc and uh, he said to the board, I don't know if it's Frank or Ronald, can't remember which one, probably Frank, uh, is av- are available. What odds, Kirbishly from Rickers there? Uh, Jedi's got in touch and given us a, sent us a picture of the Brighton 1 Palace 3. Uh, line up and talk about the leaders that are in there yeah seems like a long long time ago um brent as i oh, said brent pointed out that the assistant manager of torino is lombardo uh doug was going to phone up and says it doesn't want to be vetted so come on mate it's all right it's fairly painless uh darren cushman says cleansman needs a do- job joe <laughs> yeah you know it you know it i know patrick will be screaming but uh, you know he does know listen I, I just i need to just get on this why I think, why I personally think that Pardew is struggling, and and it's it's because the Premier League is is uh, is almost European in its in in a, a huge amount of the players that you come up against are more flamboyant, are more skilled, and and are on a different, on not just on a different level because you used to be able to get away with it by huffing and puffing and running around like a load of lunatics and getting. You know the odd the odd result every three games, which saved you. But yeah. but these days you've got to be you've got to play like a European team, and I don't think he has that in his locker, Pardew. I honestly don't. And 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 again, the longer the Premier League goes on, the the less English players, you know, that that, that you're that you're going to come up against. You're just going to come up against a, a European setup. Like you know, I'm pretty sure that Mourinho, even as successful as Alex Ferguson was at Man United in all those years, I'm pretty sure that he will never ever set Man United up like that. I think Mancini wouldn't set in you know Mancini wouldn't have set City up in a in a in an English way. And that's the yeah. thing: the game has has gone on. We have got these top European managers coming over and bringing over world superstars from from different continents. Who are absolute quality, and then they're, but they're keeping them playing in this in this continental know. style as they used to call yes, it. Isn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the thing is, I don't think you know trying to be kind to him, not slaughtering him as a as a person. But I don't think he has that in his locker. And the thing is, the people he surrounded himself with don't have that either. It's just your mates, people that you work with at West Ham and at Palace that you knew at Palace. You know they've not got any European, and this is this is the whole thing, is that other other teams they have a director of football and they have a manager and they have the and they have, you know, but he seems to have come in and 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 dismantled the club to the point where, I think he's too stubborn. Again, I think he would get a huge amount of kudos if he come out now and just went, it's all my fault. Give me give me a month, give me to Christmas. Right to sort it out, and then and then literally go to Allardyce, get Allardyce, and say, uh, "Yeah, I can't sort my defence out." I, I can't. I can't. I, morally, morally, it's I, I, I couldn't. No, no, have no, 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 the 20th highest wages in world football. The 20th, right? That includes the likes of PSG and yeah. all the top places in, in Spain, France, Italy, right? We are paying huge money 
to some very, very mediocre players. There we go. That is a huge, huge part. So we need to have someone who can come in. We need to have people on different levels of, of ability. And that's, and that's the thing. That's what I, you can't give a whole club to one person these days. If it's good enough for Chelsea and City and United to have all these people, you look at the people that sit behind Mourinho talks yeah. to people. You, you see them consulting. I don't see, you know, I, I don't see how, how Millen could offer anything if we go, if it goes tits up and we're playing Man United at Old Trafford. What Millen could say to Pardew? I see where you're coming from. It's hard not to not to completely agree with you there, Joe. Uh, you know you, the setup we have, it doesn't really befit the the level I, we've kind of reached. I, 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 can't hate, agree, to slate, yeah. I hate to slate Millen because yeah. that man in the last five years has done nothing but again be our football club and yeah. and yeah, and sort our football club out. And he is he is completely. But but the thing is, we we have we have um, our our owners. Have stepped up. They've stepped up with dough. They've stepped up with investment. They, they, they've, they're stepping it up, and they are. It's not like they're going. Yeah, we need the money for a new stadium. They put a new few, few new tellies in and got some. I don't even know what they've done. Upgraded the women's box or something like that. All the birds are happy at Palace now. But anyway, and it's just. But it's just. You you cannot you cannot uh, continue to run our club in in this like Buckham fashion. Don't care what anyone else thinks. We're going to do it our way because our way is is not the modern way. There's a hundred million quid at stake here. We go down, we could end up doing a Leeds. Could indeed. Yeah, and that's the, that was another example of the teams I was talking about earlier who um, who tried to change too much and sort of you know and, and and ended up you know damaging themselves beyond repair really. Uh, just one last couple of couple of last little tweets for you. Chris Clark got in touch, uh, pointing out a lot of fans around him, but not him himself, saying you're getting sacked in the morning and shouted Pardew out at the game yesterday. So certainly things turned yesterday, which you would expect. You know, uh, and I know a, a friend of mine posted on my uh, my Facebook, Jordan Roberts, and said it, it spent 150 quid yesterday. You know. And it, just how hard, imagine how hard that is to take this time of year. You spend 150 quid following your team and you have to, and you have to watch what happened yesterday. It's, it's, you know, it's the sort of thing you don't get over pretty quickly. And um, there's only ever going to be one man who gets, uh, gets the blame for that at the moment. And that's because of everything that's gone on before it, unfortunately. So, look, we'll, um, it's been fantastic to, to have so much contact this week and it's given me some, uh, ideas for for future shows as well about getting you guys more involved because that was fantastic um hearing from a few of you on the show as well so thank you so much for that um but we want to hear a few more of your opinions just before we go so let's let's end the show uh with forward reviews ben agbamoni groundhog day palace lose charlie blight seven minutes from glory sam blackwell Surely it's time now. Abcar Bardera, Alan Pardew, Swan Song. Wayne Byrne, Benteke start working harder. Dan Skipsey, statuesque, defending at liberty. That was good because like the Statue of Liberty. Good. Well done. Yes. Well done, Sam. I think that should be the title of the podcast. Timothy Reader, Pardew out of excuses. Jason Rourke. I want 
Jason. Yeah, we could have the statuesque challenge instead of the mannequins All right. challenge, couldn't we? <laughs> Glenn Fossey, hard you just do one. <laughs> Darren Goodwin, can no one defend properly? Nick Amore, quote, clean sheet of priority. Gareth Jones, shambolic, appalling, atrocious, embarrassing. <laughs> Adam Wackley. I really have done a job on these names, didn't I? Pardew is tactically inept. Mark Everson, bad defending, bad defending. That's a two-word review, surely. Twice. Paul Garnet. No, no words. That music did not work with those four-word reviews. I'm just saying that now. <laughs> uh, Nick, you wanted to have a last word, although we do do extra content for the podcast, which you could have added that in. But... No, I'm just quite sanguine about it all, really. It's Palace, isn't it? It's, it's what we do. We just have to hold on tight and, and see what happens. We can have yeah. a bit of a say at the stadium by calling for the man who's head, but we can do is hold on. See what Please, it takes us. Bring on the next. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the moment where I usually say, yeah, we're probably going to kind of win the next three. I didn't feel like it this week. Because we're not gonna we're not gonna win the next three. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Okay, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as promised, a very, very quick outro for you. We're just gonna play our reverse words game. Now, if you didn't listen last week, Reverse Words has uh, Mikey will play us a phrase. That phrase will be in reverse. Um, we then have to mimic the noises of that reverse phrase to try and recreate it as the proper phrase when it's played forward. That sounded pretty good as an explanation. So, um, okay, Mikey, let's hear the clip. Joe, you get to go last, so you'll, you'll understand it by the time we do it. Where were you next? Yes, it Right, there you go. See, that's easy, isn't it, Joe? You just got to mimic that sound. Luce, you go next. Can I hear it again, please? Where were you next? Yes, it. Yes. Right, Joe, you're my turn, mate. <laughs> One more time. Where were you next? Yes, it. Right, what next? Yes, it. <laughs> Mikey, can I have one more go at the end, just in case? Because I've, I've got, I've got it now. Yeah. Hear it one more, and I'll do it. Where are you next? Yes, it. Rat noise, yes, yes, it. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Okay, we're ready to hear what happened. Lucy, we're going to hear your clip as you recorded it, and then we're going to hear it played back the right way, so we can understand what it was. Okay. I'm not sure. And Joe, any guesses what that was played the right way? I've got a clue. Play it again, Mikey. We're going down. Oh, hello. Well, let's hear Mr. Joe Holyoaks. Uh, first of all, you'll hear him as he recorded it, and then we'll hear it played back the right way. What mess? Yes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Is it? Same. No. 
You know what? I, was, I just phoned up Hongs and I was trying to order my dinner. Hey. <laughs> right, well, there we go. And let's hear how I sounded and then it played at the right way around. Rat noise, yes, yes, nip. Lindsay, Saint John What? What? It's ridiculous. What was we supposed to have said, please? Hennessy, stand your ground, it was. There you go. Hennessy, stand your ground. Lindsay, sing John Did you record it in a ridiculous staccato voice? I'm really confused. Oh, no, that was that was my forwards. Oh, okay, it does work. I got it. Oh, my brain really hurt there. Lindsay, sing John Lindsay, sing John <laughs> Stand your ground. Always with the voices we all put on. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. So mind playing forward actually did sound in the end like Hennessy stand your ground. Got very confused. Everybody. No, it never. It did. Mikey played the wrong way round first. Come on, Lindsay, sing John Power. There you go. That's fine. That's Hennessy stand your ground. Said properly. Never. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. A little bit of light relief at the end of a, of a troubling show. <laughs> and do join us again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.